Welcome to the snooze button. Hey, I'm Brittany of Brittany She and Sleep. I've got 99 problems, but my kid's sleeping isn't one. Guys, Christmas is in four days. Do you know where your presents are? <laughs> I'm kidding. Isn't Christmas interesting as a parent? This is, I think, the first year that I have more than one child that like genuinely understands what's going on and like totally knows they call it Christmas season like Baker Bay it's Christmas season and like they totally get the whole thing the elf has been an issue um I, I I'm not one of those moms like I love the concept of it I really want to be like a crafty stay-at-home mom it's just not who I am I think that's who my mom was growing up and so I sort of thought like that's what moms are and I'm realizing the older I get that I just got to lean into the type of mom I am and I'm not her I'm just not um I want to be the person whose elf is like, you know, spilling things and there's a trail of toilet paper coming from four rooms and da da da. But like, I'm just, I'm not. And what's been happening is I keep forgetting to move the elf and then like midday I'll do it. And then the kids are like, mama, look, Peter's over there. That's Peter's name of the elf. And, you know, in the morning they'll be like, mama, Peter's still on the shelf. And I, I've put a lot on Peter. You know, I've basically... I've basically created this sort of like half haphazard like you know guy who doesn't really do anything he has no direction he has no job I say things like oh Peter seems a little bit lazy and they're like mama what's lazy and I'm like oh it's like when you're not you don't try that hard or I'll be like I think Peter had too many Christmas cookies last night at his Christmas party and so he was too stuffed to move like basically I've created this like party animal lethargic it's really it's who I am I'm realizing I'm basically the days that I forget to move it it's because I had too much quote Christmas cookies let's call that wine um, at a Christmas party and so I didn't think to move it or I was feeling lazy and I didn't want to get off the couch because I was watching the White Lotus finale and I thought I'll do it before bed and guess who didn't do it before bed me so I don't know where this tangent was going Christmas is a lot when you have kids who know what's up but I think this year I've really developed a bunch of like hacks and tricks and things that I've done to help streamline this season for our family and I think next year I'm I'm not going to do it now because it's not helpful but I'm going to do it next year I'm going to do a podcast episode in like October or November if I remember so there's like a 10% chance this will actually happen where I talk about like all of the hacks and stuff with like hiding presents planning things just like making your life a little bit easier because I will say I've made some improvements this year, and it's it's all good. So let's move on to the topic. This is probably the most common, like, general thematic question I get from, like, random people on the internet. Like, if someone's going to DM me and ask a question and just, like, overlook the fact that I have a business that they could, like, go to my website and, you know, see what I offer, um, it's, it's about dropping the swaddle, what sleep sacks I recommend... When do they need to move their kid out of a sleep sack? It's really common. And you know what I will say while I'm on the topic? If you guys can tell, I've just lost all sense of decorum and process, and I'm just rambling. And you know what? But that's what you guys kind of signed up for. Like, if you listen to this podcast, that's what you get. Um, I don't know who needs to hear this. It's probably no one who listens to this podcast, because I think the overlap of the type of person who sends this type of message to me on, on Instagram versus the type of person who listens to the snooze button, I think there's a 0% overlap. But if you are in the 1% of these people, just know that I'm saying this in jest. I still love you. And you know what? We can all learn. We can grow. 
we can realize things we've done in the past maybe weren't the best. I've certainly had these moments. I have them every day where I'm like, that was probably not the right thing to say. Or like, maybe next time I'm not going to do that. Um, So if you send me or any other sleep consultant a DM that says something like, my baby isn't sleeping, help. Um, Like no introduction, not someone I've ever spoken to before, not usually even someone who follows me, just that, just help. My baby doesn't sleep. I just want you to know that technically that's kind of like you DMing Chipotle and being like, I'm starving, help. Uh, okay, well, we have restaurants. Like you can come, to, you could order, you could DoorDash it if you want. Like that's kind of what I have to say back is like, okay, I'm here to help. Like I have courses, I have a podcast, I have services, but like I don't know what you want me to do with that DM. I don't, I, I feel bad for you. That's why this is my job, because I want you to sleep. But, you know, it's just good to know um, that that's probably not going to get you very far. So let's move on to the actual topic, um, as I like to say, for the seven people who are still here and listening. So swaddles, sleep sacks, let's talk about them. I'm going to start kind of chronologically by age, right? So I'm going to talk about first the minute your baby is born all the way up through they're sleeping in a bed. We're going to cover the full spectrum of like basically what is your baby wearing when they're sleeping. So when they're born, should you swaddle your baby? If you're saying my baby hates to swaddle, they don't. Of course, there's going to be an outlier somewhere, right? Nothing is 100%, but 99.9% of babies do not hate the swaddle. Here's the thing. They are going to strain and move against it because they are newborns and that's what they do. They will grunt, they will screech, they will look like they are trying to poop. They will look like they're trying to bust out of the swaddle, but they need it to soothe themselves. Their moral reflex when you are a newborn, and I'm, a newborn I'm talking, you know, one, two, three, four, five weeks old. Their moral reflex is so strong. And that's, if you don't know what the moral reflex is, it's basically, you've seen babies kind of like jerk their arms and legs, right? They kind of jerk very quickly. Kind of like they're falling asleep and then they look like they're about to pick up a giant beach ball, right? That's the moral reflex. And when you're a newborn, it's very strong. So if their arms are not swaddled down, they're going to wake themselves up and disturb themselves, so whack themselves in the face when they're itty bitty. And really what you want to do in those first few weeks of life to a degree is mimic the feeling they have in the womb, right? Like think about it. They spent nine months curled up inside a stomach, like squished like a tiny little burrito and then they come out and they're just going to be like free balling around the bed. No, that's insane, right? That's a huge, I mean, autonomy isn't even the right word. It's just a huge change in environment. So you do really want to swaddle them. So resist the urge to think that your, you know, four-day-old baby hates the swaddle. I promise they don't. They need it. And what you can do in those very early days, and if you, I'm going to link a ton of stuff in the notes of this episode because there's just so many things that I'm going to reference that I think people will need and find helpful. One is going to be a link to the Instagram reel I did a little over a year ago when my youngest was a newborn to show you how to properly swaddle. Um, Because I think one of the mistakes a lot of families make is they don't make the swaddle tight enough. It's too loose. They think they're going to hurt the baby. You're not going to hurt the baby with a muslin swaddle. You would have to be, I mean, really, really strong and very focused to make it so tight that it would hurt a baby. I mean, it's just muslin. Um, You want it to be really tight so they can't bust out of it. If you have like, sure, if you have a six-week-old who's busting out of a muslin swaddle, like that makes sense to me. They're big, they're strong. If you have a four-day-old that's busting out of a muslin swaddle, unless they're Serena Williams, um, that means it's not tight enough. So keep that baby nice and tight. And sometimes the nurses um, or a pediatrician can help you with it. I've, I've gotten kind of mixed feedback on how helpful 
those people are. I think it just, it's like everything else. You kind of, you get, you know, a spectrum um, of support there. So watch my video if that helps you. I've made many videos for friends on how to swaddle. So let's move past the muslin stage. So once your baby is a few weeks old, maybe, you know, three, four or something like that, they might genuinely start busting out of the muslin swaddle, right? They might just be coming out quickly. Or you just don't really enjoy doing the muslin swaddle yourself. I totally understand that perspective as well. It's just like kind of hard to do. And some people just jump straight into more of like a Velcro swaddle. That is perfectly fine too. You can do that from day one. So Velcro swaddles would be something like the Halo, the Ollie, or the Miracle Blanket, which is actually one of my favorites. It's a little bit complicated to put on the first time I would watch a YouTube video, which I did with my oldest, and then you watch it once and it's very easy. Um, But that's a good one for babies who are good at getting out of swaddles. Um, Really anything with Velcro is fine. What you might be thinking listening to this is, okay, well the snoo has a swaddle and I put my baby in the snoo. I'm going to do an entire episode either just on the snoo or on like sleep contraption. So I don't want to waste too much time talking about the snoo here. But what I will say on a high level is, it's not my favorite thing. Um, I have a lot of clients who struggle to transition out of it. It prevents babies from learning how to roll. And you're not supposed to be strapped to a machine. I'm aware that it was created by a pediatrician. I'm aware that they say it's safe. But guess what? The AAP says a completely bare crib on your back with nothing there, just a swaddle. And so that's what I want you to do. So if you're debating buying this new, again, I'm going to do a whole episode on it. I have an Instagram post about it if you want to search back and find that. Um, but not a fan of this new very big fan of any Velcro swaddles. So that's great. I'm going to link a couple of them here in the notes, like I said. So then you're thinking, all right, we got my baby in a Velcro swaddle. And remember, when I'm talking about a Velcro swaddle and the muslin, I'm talking about arms down. They should look like a little baby burrito, right? They're like a little mummy. Okay. So when your baby is about six or seven weeks, this is when I suggest moving or starting to move. You don't need to do all this stuff cold turkey. And in some ways, if you're doing it kind of slowly, it makes the transition you know, process a little bit easier because you're not like, oh shit, they just rolled onto their stomach. Now you have to do it, right? So I think it's it's fine to do it gradually. So around six to seven weeks, we're gonna move to a transitional swaddle. So a transitional swaddle is something where baby's hands are still fully contained, but they have a little bit more space to move. My preferred transitional swaddles are things like the Love to Dream. Love to Dream, Zipty Zip is another brand. There's another one I think called Swaddle Up. I'm not sure. But the point is they are basically like a little suit that your baby goes into, but their arms are up. I affectionately refer to them, the Love to Dreams, as like soggy paws because babies will like suck on the fabric by their hands or uh, starfish because they look like a little starfish. So these are great ways for your baby to move from having their arms fully contained mummy, you know, mummy style while not quite having their hands totally out because having that fabric up by the hand. So if you think of a starfish, which is what the love to dream is, since you can't see me holding my hands here at my desk like an idiot, they're up in the air, right? So it is a big change from having your arms mummified down to your sides, but it still helps with that moral reflex, which at six or seven weeks is still relatively strong for most babies. Some babies would be fine in a sleep sack at this age, but I would suggest keeping them in something like the love to dream around six weeks. So their arms are are up. So they're learning like a little bit of that sort of like free arm concept, but the fabric protects them from fully like, you know, full range of motion where they can like hit themselves in the face, which is exactly why I call it a transitional swaddle. Okay. So 
how you can make all of these transitions that I'm going to talk about, both moving to the transitional swaddle and then moving from a transitional swaddle to a full-blown sleep sack. You can do it cold turkey if you want. You can also do it gradually by starting either with nights or naps. Now, there isn't like an exact science to which of these you do. I'm going to tell you just personal preference as a mom and what I recommend to clients. I suggest starting these transitions with naps. Now, I know this sounds potentially counterintuitive because naps for most babies are harder than night sleep. I understand that. However, For some babies, all of these transitions with swaddles and sleep sacks is not a big deal. Like it's truly, it's like everything else. For some babies, it's hard to learn X, Y, Z. For others, it's easy. So a lot of parents are very nervous about the transition. And for some, it's just not a big deal. So if that's the case, it doesn't really matter. But if it's going to be hard and your baby's going to sleep less for a few days as they're adjusting to the transition... Frankly, I would rather it be at a time when you're not sleeping, because if you have a six-week-old or a seven-week-old, you're probably not sleeping great, obviously, right? Unless you have a full-time night nurse and you're using formula and like there's no, you know, you have like no interaction with the baby overnight, which you know what, mad props to you, um, then you're up at night to some degree, right? You're probably exhausted. Also, you, if you gave birth to the baby yourself, you just had a baby, so like you know, things are precarious in general. Um, And I would rather you get the rest you need and deal with like more fussing, more up and down pickups and whatever during naps for this transition. But, uh, you know, understandably, night sleep is usually easier for babies. So if you decide to transition first to night, that's fine too. Okay. So once we're moving then from the transitional swaddles like the love to dream when do we need to move? This is the question I get in the DMs the most. When do I need to move my baby to a sleep sack? When do I have to stop swaddling them? So I suggest beginning this process between eight to 10 weeks. Here is why. If it's hard for babies, if you have a baby where it's hard for them, it's okay if it takes a few weeks for it to happen. For instance, you might do something like Well, I should start by saying there's two ways you can do this. You can either move to a full-on sleep sack, right? So they'd gone from something like Love to Dream to just a sleep sack. And a sleep sack is, for all intents and purposes, it is something where the arms are fully out, and it's basically a dress that is fabriced, sewn together at the bottom. That is a sleep sack. I just want to be clear if you're like, what is a swaddle versus a sleep sack? A swaddle means your baby looks like a burrito, And a sleep sack means their full arms are out. Like I can shake your hand, right? It's like a sleeveless dress that you zip up and it is all fabric at the bottom. It looks like they're in a gown, okay? So you can either move to that directly or what some families do. And for no rhyme or reason, this is what I did with two of my three kids. With Delaney, my youngest, my daughter, I just moved her into a sleep sack. With the boys, I what I did was take a Velcro swaddle you know, it was like an Ollie or a Halo or something. And I started with one arm out at a time. So one arm would be down, still muslin, you know, like wrapped in, mummied in, and the other one would be out and they'd be like free balling that one arm out. And I did that just for naps for a couple of days. Then I did both arms out for naps and one arm out at night and then eventually both arms out at night. And the whole process took maybe 10 days, something like that. Okay, so in that case... You're basically still keeping your baby in a swaddle, but their arms are free. So then it's almost like they're wearing a tube top dress, right? Are you picturing this? You have secured with the Velcro or the fabric, whatever it is, around like their breastbone just under their armpits, literally as if they're wearing a tube top dress. 
So their arms are fully out and they can self-soothe that way. They're, they're free, but the rest of their body is secured in the swaddle. And this can sometimes be a good option for babies because it still has that like secure snug feeling that they're used to with the swaddle. Their arms are just free for safety and for comfort. So that's a completely fine transition. And you would want to stop doing that probably around four months, maybe five at the most, but it's really when your baby starts shimmying out of it because then it's a safety issue, right? And that's actually what happened with my oldest, Teddy. Um, He was about four and a half months and I was still doing that for his sleep, you know, had him kind of in his little tube dress. Um, And I started noticing that I would get him after naps and he had like shimmied down so that he was essentially just wearing like a skirt, (laughs) right? Like the muslin was at his like hip bone. Um, and was almost coming off and his arms and his chest and stomach were completely free. And that was like a very clear sign, like we're ready for a sleep sack. Okay. So you're keeping an eye on that. If you move to a full on sleep sack, same thing, you're doing that between eight to 10 weeks. So let's assume you started this transition between eight to 10 weeks by 12 weeks, by three months, we want baby fully arms out. All transitions are done. So whether that is they are in the tube dress swaddle with their arms fully out or they're in just a regular sleep sack. We want that to be completed by 12 weeks. Here's the reason. I'm going to hear from people. I need a sip of water. Hang on. I can hear people thinking as you listen, well, my baby's not showing any signs of rolling. Um, They were born two weeks early. They're not going to roll early, blah, blah, blah. So some babies give you an indication that they're going to roll for sure, right? You start to, you notice during tummy time, they're kind of like going to the side or even in the crib, they're starting to move. But for others, they give you no sign. This is true with every developmental milestone. Some babies babble a lot before they talk. Some are literally like sitting there and then they're like, mama, right? That's just the way it is. So the last thing you want, I mean, trust me, is to look over onto the baby monitor and see your your newborn face down with their arms like swaddled down, like like in a very dangerous situation. And I, I know that that's happened to, to clients and it's terrifying, right? So make sure you don't put yourself in that position. By 12 weeks, some babies are capable of rolling and you do not know if that's going to be your baby. So safety first. Second reason, if you are in a swaddle and your baby's starting to bust out of it, like they're busting out of the Velcro, blah, 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 that happens around three months. That's another sign too. If your baby can get out of the thing, and it, and it, this is with the assumption that you have it on tight enough and you know it's secured. Also a pretty good indicator it's time to move out of it. Lastly, and most important, if you are wanting to make changes to your baby's sleep. It is not fair or kind to your baby to try to get them to sleep longer stretches without your support if they're not already doing it when they don't have any way to soothe themselves, right? If you had been going in and giving them the passy, you'd been feeding them, shush patting, picking them up, whatever it was, and now you're not going to be doing those things or you're doing them in more of like a regimented way, like we're waiting to check, we're waiting to shush pat, and they're like mummified like in a swaddle, then they can't even help themselves out. That's kind of mean, right? So it's absolutely critical if you're, you know, someone who's taking my course, if you're a client, like I'm like, even if they're 10 weeks, I'm like full stop, we need to be arms fully free. Um, Because the magical thing that will happen is your baby will start to use their hands to soothe themselves. So will they whack themselves in the face the first couple of days? And will it be like a little crazy? Potentially. Like I alluded to earlier, this is like everything else. For some babies, it's not a big deal. For some, it's hard. Um, But they will get it after a couple of days, and then it will be so much better for you because now they can suck their thumb, suck on a finger, 
twirl their hair, pull the side of their sleep sack up and, t- uh, and suck on it. You know, every baby has their own little thing. I had a little girl recently who would like tug on her ears to fall asleep. It was really cute. So whatever their thing is, they need their hands, right? Like that's, that's only fair. Let's give them something to help themselves out. So you're making that transition. You're in a sleep sack or something that you would consider a sleep sack. Here is what I want you to use and what I want you to not use. Okay, we are using strictly. Now, if you want to use a Velcro at the breastbone with arms out, you can do that. We talked about that. Let's assume you're moving to a sleep sack. I want you to use any sleep sack that is unweighted with arms fully free. That's it. That's it. My favorite brand is Kite Baby. I will link it below. Do not use a weighted sleep sack. I know these are on the market. I know that they try to claim they're safe. They're not. Do not use nested bean. Do not use dreamland. There should not be artificial weight on your baby's chest. It is not safe. Unless it has been directed by an occupational therapist, some other type of specialist that you're working with in conjunction with your pediatrician because of some, you know, neurodivergent situation that's going on with your child, of course you need to use something specialized. I understand. If that's not the case, which is most people, do not use anything weighted. Please also do not use something like a zip zip or a love to dream as a sleep sack. They're not. If the hands are not fully free, and I am aware, I know there are people who use a zip zip till their kid's like two years old, right? There's also people who bed share with newborns. I don't want you doing that either. It's okay. I mean, it's not okay that people do it, but you know what I'm saying. Like, I understand it happens, but please don't do it. For safety, we want your baby's hands completely free. And it's just not nice to them. Like I said, we want them to self-soothe. We want them to have access to their hands and their fingers. Um, so that's not a tra- that is a transitional piece, excuse me. It's not a real sleep sack. So once your baby is three months, we want them out of those things. And please do not get the Merlin. I do not like the Magic Merlin at all. I will tell you why. One thing we don't love about the Merlin, and to be clear, if you want to use it as a transitional piece, that's fine. If you're using it for an eight-week-old or something, the problem is most people don't use it with an eight-week-old. They use it thinking it's like, a substitute to a sleep sack, right? They're putting like a four or five, six month old in it. Here's the thing about the Merlin. One is it's hard to control the temperature. And from a safety and comfort perspective, it's always better if your baby is too cold than too hot. We really don't want them overheating. When you hear about, you know, really bad, tragic things happening with newborns and babies um, that are temperature related, it's very rarely outside of something like, you know, they were, they were in Antarctica or something. Um, it's it's always overheating, not underheating, right? I would much rather truly see in a client's, you know, sleep log or something that like, whoops, the thermostat was at 60 than 80. Truly, I would much rather that. So hard to control temperature. They're heavy. Your baby doesn't have access to their hands, most likely in the Merlin, unless they're really old and really big, which I wouldn't want them in it anyway. Um, you know, a three or four month old can't get to their hands. It's like they're kind of like on like a, I don't know what to describe it, right? Their arms are are down. I know they can lift them, but most babies can't get their hands fully to their face, especially if they're learning to self-soothe. You're basically giving them a handicap to getting their thumb or their finger to their mouth, right? Like for a lot of babies, that's hard enough in itself, just figuring out how to get like that fist to turn into a finger to help soothe yourself. Now you have like this heavy fabric that's like preventing you from reaching your face. Really bad. We don't want that at all. And the last thing is, Issues with rolling. So much like the snoo, if your baby is in a Merlin, 
It is preventing them from learning to roll. Now, of course, yes, we put babies to sleep on their backs as newborns and very young babies always, for sure, for safety. But once your baby is capable of rolling on his or her own, we want them to be able to do that. That's a skill that they need to master. And for many babies, if not most babies, they're more comfortable sleeping on their tummies once they figure that out. So the Merlin is preventing them from learning that skill and from potentially sleeping more comfortably. Now, flip side of it, again, you get an older baby who maybe they're thrashing around really (laughs) violently, for lack of a better word. They do get onto their stomach and now they can't flip back. Now we have a major safety issue, right? Now you have a baby who's stuck on their stomach and they cannot flip back over and they're in this heavy sack where they can't get to their hands, the whole thing. So no Merlin, no weighted sleep sacks, just something basic and boring. I think... I should kind of add this to sort of my philosophy with sleep is that a lot of times less is more, like more boring, (laughs) less stuff, just a great schedule, a very loving, secure attachment with happy parents who want them to get great sleep and great feeds, less stuff, less stuff, less contraptions, less overthinking about all of the things. Okay, so we have moved by three months to our unweighted sleep sack and we are rocking and rolling, sleeping great through the night, all the things. So the next question I will get is how long do I need to keep my baby in a sleep sack, right? And oftentimes it's like, you know, I'll get this question from like parents of a one-year-old, like should we move them out of sleep? You know, I think they're old enough, they don't need to be in a sleep sack. I want you to keep your baby in a sleep sack until they're in a bed. And here is why couple of great reasons. Number one is that the sleep sack is a great way to signal sleep for your baby, right? It's the last thing you do before they go to sleep. And I love rituals. I love routines. It is so critical for your baby or toddler child as a great sleeper to understand the process of going to sleep, to understand they go into the room, they do these nice things, X, Y, Z, and I go to sleep. And a sleep sack is such a wonderful signal for sleep. Like I sing a song with mom, I read a book, whatever you guys do. Then they put me in the sleep sack. I roll over, thumb in the mouth, and I will see you in 12 hours. So we like it for that ritualistic perspective. But the second one is, which is even more important, is it keeps them nice and cozy and warm because babies cannot keep blankets on themselves. Like best of luck to you getting an 18-month-old to keep a blanket on themselves, right? or a comforter or anything else. Obviously for a baby under a year, it's also not safe to put anything in the crib. So it's the only way you can basically give them like something besides their pajamas in the crib, you give them a sleep sack. Um, So that's really important then to keep them nice and cozy and comfy. The last reason I would say is probably the most important reason as your baby gets older is it prevents crib jumping. Now, some kids just don't jump out of cribs. They are happy and content there just a personality thing or you know maybe their gross motor skills are not as advanced as others and it's just not not something they're going to do but if you have a kid who's very rambunctious very physical you know was the first of his friends or her friends to walk and they're trying to get a leg over the crib if they're in a sleep sack it's going to be a lot harder Um, and that can really help delay having to move a baby who really shouldn't be in a bed yet into a bed I mean I've even had clients come to me you know, and, and purchase a plan because their their two-year-old is trying to jump out of the crib and they're not in a sleep sack. And I'm like, even if they protest it and they don't want you to, put them in a sleep sack. We can do it inside out and backwards if necessary, if they're trying to take it off. And once they're back in that sleep sack, they stop jumping out of the crib. They can relax. They can sleep better. 
So that's a really, really good reason to keep them in a sleep sack. So then we'll come all the way full circle here. Your baby has, or your baby, your toddler or child has moved to a bed. This is when we want you to get rid of the sleep sack because just like the safety issues on the very front end with a newborn, if you have a four-year-old who's in a sleep sack, like, you know, feet swishing, like down into the hallway, trips and falls down the stairs, like really not a good thing, right? It's not safe for them to not have that full range of motion if they're in a bed. So what is available from a number of brands, including Kite Baby, if your child really likes that feeling of the sleep sack and it's just become a part of their routine and they just love it, um, is you can get a sleep sack walker. So again, I would not get a walker if they're in a crib. Don't move them into a walker if they're in a crib. But once they move to a bed, if they are you know, not loving the idea of dropping their sleep sack, a walker is basically like a jumpsuit, right? So it has that same material, the softness of a sleep sack, the zip up feature. It just, instead of basically a dress at the bottom, it's like a pair of pants, right? So you can put it on over their PJs. It's just like a loose kind of like jumper type thing. And you know, you can wear that as long as you want. Kite Baby recently came out with adult sleep sacks, which I'm going to be honest with you is kind of weird to me. I don't like, I don't want to wear a sleep sack. So many people have sent it to me too. Like, do you have this? (laughs) Which I, I understand why you think so. Um, maybe I should get one, but I don't want, I don't want to. (laughs) So point being, they can be the walker forever if you want. Okay. I hope this was helpful. I feel like this is a topic that I have very strong opinions about and it comes across. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt. I'm not trying to uh, scare, intimidate, or cajole you into doing things you don't want. But when it comes to safety stuff, (sighs) I get all sorts of fired up. So, okay. Love you guys. Thank you for being wonderful, loyal listeners this year. We have one more episode this year. It's going to be next week, obviously. Um, So I will see you then. And until then, for those of you who celebrate Christmas, have a merry, merry Christmas. And for those of you who celebrate Hanukkah, I hope your Hanukkah is going beautifully. We have been um, playing with our dreidels a lot in our house that we were given at our first ever Hanukkah party, which was super fun. Hanukkah food is delicious, gotta say. Really enjoyed the candle lighting, got a little lesson on how that works. Um, So, and anything else that you celebrate, if you don't celebrate holidays, I hope you just have a wonderful week. And I will see you guys next week. Bye. Loving the snooze button? Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And please leave a review. I will read it and internalize it, so make sure it's very glowing. If you're interested in working with me or learning more about my courses, head to britneysheehan.com or follow me on Instagram at britneysheehansleep.